Reading the Play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiast with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Readingtheplay.com. G'day everyone, welcome to this week's Market Watch podcast. It's proudly brought to you by topsport.com.au, home of the best of the best multis. Remember, you can download that Top Sport app whenever you like from the App Store. Now, I usually then go into uh, the usual suspects are in attendance, but one of the suspects is on on the run. Uh, we don't know whether it is or isn't related to the performance of Summer Loving yesterday, uh, given the fact that it ran third, missed a kick again, um, and so the implications for that. But no Tristan Merlihan, the number one seed up there at top sport, but no doubt that the number one seed from readingtheplay.com.au is here. I'm talking about Jared Condon, who is looking resplendent, it must be said. G'day, Jared. Yes, Jimmy, go those 49ers, hey, nine and four, and uh, up to number three seed in the NFC, and... They might be a real challenger in weeks to come, which we'll talk about in a moment. And Jimmy, it might be very apt that if uh, Mr. and Mrs. Tristan uh, Merlihan are away on a uh, wedding anniversary, that the horse is called Summer Loving. Oh, yeah. Nice connection on that one. I like the dots that you've joined there, Jared. Well done on that one. If you are listening to the podcast, good on you. Uh, We want you to listen more. We want you to tell other people about it. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, you can write a review if you like as well. You can do that Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. You can watch us on YouTube as well. We've got lots coming up. World Cup, football, test cricket, NFL, got some racing there as well. But lot, what we uh, like to do, Jared, we like to look back before going forward. So almost a standout week it was for the team here at the uh, Top Sport Market Watch podcast, so we better go through the the list of winners. Uh, and again, like it was last week for me, it could take a long, long time. <laughs> 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 Couldn't help myself, Jared. Sorry, mate. How did uh, Godfather G- go? Yeah, Jimmy, dive in there. Listen, Godfather was very impressive, Jimmy. And the big advantage was that we got the top fluck through Top Sport, which was a dollar seventy for a horse that I think started. A dollar forty something, and very impressive uh, for the Snowdens. Looks like it's here for a tilt at the big money races in the Magic Millions in uh, the second week of January. And yes, one going away, I think, was three or four lengths. He's down, even carrying Jimmy Smith. That's uh, that's got to be a big win and a big form rating, Jimmy. I tell you what, you've got to do too. Get in nice and early doors, and if you put a little bit of a top sport top up on it, I actually had a dollar ninety two. Um, early on, but I think it it got a short it got short as a dollar forty five at one point, didn't it? Yes, it did, Jimmy. All of those uh, flooding in behind the uh, Jimmy Smith horse bet of the week, which has been on a roll there for many weeks now. And Jimmy, that three hundred and eighty nine return that we got for the week, because we also then had uh, an NFL winner for you, for me, and for Tristan, gave us three NFL bet winners out of four. And gee, I. I what about those Kansas City Chiefs that let me down? They led by 27, 27 nil at half time, and then couldn't cover the start of only eight and a half. And in that uh, second half, uh, Mahomes threw three uh, intercepts. Dear, oh dear. Anyway, um, we still got three out of four, 389. That means, Jimmy, that I think we're about 760 for the last two weeks. Takes us over. 
well over $3,000 and we'll kick in a nice donation next week of whatever is in that fund after this weekend to uh, Chris Vag and Olga and the team at Parcel on Clothing as part of their Christmas appeal. I, I saw this morning that their appeal is up to over 5,500 in donations so far. Their goal is to try and get to 20,000. That then enables them to put a lot of uh, Christmas gifts out there on behalf of it, all of those who help fund that to the, uh, the homeless and less fortunate. And uh, good old Chris and Olga are on a plane to London in the next 10 days, Jimmy, having... Um, um, a couple of weeks in England and doing uh, a whole heap of R&D around the new academy that they hope to open up next year based out of Sydney uh, to help the less fortunate and get them back on track in life. Uh, it's fantastic, isn't it? I thought they were going to say they're doing a Netflix series, uh, Megan and Harry style, but no, I, okay, you've, you've taken me somewhere else. Uh, yeah, so those bets that we had, charges plus three and a half, so the Justin Herbert Toa Tagoa lower. Uh, story has been settled, or the, the debate has been settled in that one. Um, Kansas City, you already mentioned. You, you also had the Panthers uh, and Seattle over 44 and a half. They got to 54 in that game, so that was a comfortable one. But San Francisco looked a tight one at one stage, but the minus three and a half was covered very comprehensively. Brock Purdy, what a story that is. The first quarterback in their first NFL start to beat Tom Brady and a beating is what it was. And I'll tell you what, there were different stages of that game, Jared, where you thought, yeah, he's 45 years of age, isn't he? Tom Brady. Uh, and and the, the young fella came in and a bit of a gunslinger, mum and dad crying in the stands. It was, it was a great bit of theatre for the 49ers. Well, and Jimmy, there are so many takeouts of this game. Uh, firstly, about Brady, you're 100% right. He is looking his age right now he certainly looks slower the other key point is that he's lacking people to get to um, and many of his passes are either not on the mark or being dropped and the bucks just look horrible um, I think the other key thing about the bucks is um, with the change of coach and all the drama that's happened in the background uh, they have a coach who's all about trying to just win uh, or hold on to a win as a, and not lose as opposed to being very attacking. And I think it shows in their play. Now, Purdy, well, um, in second game up, there was, uh, you know, there's so many key stats going into a second game up for a rookie quarterback in the NFL that it is a problem week for him. Well, he was better than the week before. Jimmy, a really good analyst uh, in, the, uh, in the US put out a heat map last week comparing uh, what uh, Jimmy G had been doing when playing quarterback uh, earlier this season on a six or seven game run to then what Purdy did on his two game um, outing um, and how more precise he was, uh, what he was actually doing in and around and against the fence um, it certainly is a, a massive tick. Now, there's been a little bit of doubt over the last couple of days that he came out of that game with an injury, but reports uh, earlier this morning in the last couple of hours uh, that he does look like playing this weekend. Gee, if he does play in tomorrow's game, which is a Thursday night footy in um, the US, uh, they host uh, the Seahawks. The line's only three and a half. With Purdy playing, I would have thought the Seahawks were... Uh, well underplayed here. You know, you know, there are a lot of pros in the, the US that think that the line should only be about two. Gee, the Seahawks' uh, defence has just been a, appalling for the last three or four weeks. I don't think three and a half is enough if, if Purdy's playing, but he is just a fantastic story. And 
you know, Jimmy, we look at those seedings. You know, the 49ers are now sitting third. There's a big question mark about the Vikings sitting uh, in number two. I think the Vikings are in trouble again this weekend. Um, the 49ers, I think, if Purdy can stay fit, you know, really going to give this final matchup a big shake in the NFC. Uh, that's that game's at Seattle, so the House of Boom, um, and so it's a divisional game as well, which is always hard fought. But Geno Smith and the and the Seahawks, as you say, they've struggled over the last couple of weeks, so uh, that will be very interesting. No Debo Samuel on that too. The injury suggests he'll be back just before the playoff, but they've got that amazing defence, San Francisco, so that surely comes into play. Yeah, we might get to that a little bit later, Jared, when it comes to my best of the weekend as well. Before we do it, got to make mention of the fact we have a, a World Cup final that I guess all the experts would be absolutely salivating about. And that is, you know, we've got uh, Argentina with Lionel Messi taking on France with Kylian Mbappe. And it's uh, a magical matchup, South America versus Europe. Two teammates from PSG go head to head, you know, the old bull and the young bull. The, the, one, the young bull's already won a FIFA World Cup incredibly. The old bull hasn't, but could really cement himself as one of the truly, truly great in the history of this sport. It's a fantastic setup. Not that you need a FIFA World Cup final to you know, add a little bit of spice to for it from a, an interest point of view, but it's it, they couldn't have asked for better, Jared. Well, Jimmy, uh, I mean, did you want to go back a week firstly on Argentina and... Um... Uh, that little game that you had a lunch bet on last weekend against the Dutch. Yeah. Oh, man, <laughs> to nil down. It would be uh, a classic for us to uh, share some of our uh, WhatsApp discussion. And uh, some of us in the room who happened to go the early crow about the Argentina were through, uh, two nil up. All of a sudden, the Dutch get back to two all, goes to a family shootout, and they get through. And then, uh, gee, what about Messi during the week, Jimmy? Um, just amazing. And... The fact that you know, there's a classic photo doing the rounds on social media this week of uh, the 12-year-old Julian Arvez uh, taking a photo uh, with his family with Messi and then all of a sudden in the semi-final match, he's the one that Messi does that outstanding run down the right edge, passes in and it's Arvez that puts it in the net. Wow. 12-year-old all of a sudden into playing with Messi and now into a World Cup final. Gee, it looks the obvious matchup, uh, you know, given that clearly they've, they've come through. And what about for Australia, the two teams that Australia also played on the way through? I mean, I think you touched on earlier that they probably looked a little bit all at sea against France, but certainly gave Argentina a little bit of a push. And now we've got very, very even matchup. The markets, you know, Argentina 280, France 275. What's your pick, Jimmy? Yeah, this is a challenging one. The draw is $3.05. You know, I, I, based on what I've seen with my very rudimentary knowledge of football, I think that there's more danger associated with what France can do. Um, and, and the fact that, you know, they've got not just that one point of attack with Mbappe, they've got a couple of Dembele and uh, Olivier Giroud up front. And uh, Griezmann has been superb in delivering to those guys throughout the course of the tournament. It feels like it's messy. Uh, and then the Street Fighters um, is the idea that you get with Argentina. Um, but, you know, how could you discount him in the, the, the way that he's playing? And, you know, there's a sense of destiny associated with it, that the fact that this great player should win 
a World Cup and join the likes of Maradona and Pele, who are the other guys who are recognised as the greatest players of all time in, in winning that World Cup. So um, there's a sense of that. Personally, if I had to take emotion out of it, I think France is the side that I, I think most dangerous. What about you, Jared? Yeah, no, I think you make a lot of sense with that, Jimmy. Uh, I'm with the emotion. I'd, I'd love to see it uh, with Messi. And um, yeah, there's so much expectation um, out of his home country, um, out of uh, South America. And, and just to see the quality of his play in that semi-final this week, um, it would be capping, I think, for him to end up with that World Cup. But, gee, looks a cracking game. Um, what, uh, 2 a.m. or 1 a.m., depending where we are, Monday morning, uh, there'll be a lot of people, uh, given that it's only four or five days before Christmas, um, I'm sure on holidays next week and the ratings will be absolutely through the roof. And speaking of which, it must have been, uh, even though we've had some questionable time slots overnight, uh, an absolute boom for SBS and their ratings during the last four weeks. Absolutely. $2.80 Argentina, two seventy five France. You can't split them. Even the draw, $3.05. That is for the World Cup. Final. First test, Australia versus South Africa. This is interesting, Jared. This is an ugly test series last year in 2018, and we all know about what transpired coming out of that one. The, there's a little bit of argy-bargy that's starting in the lead-up to it, the timelines about what happened exactly in that series um, going into this game at the Gabba. It's a great setup uh, because we've got um, a little bit of an entree with some, uh, a, well, a competitive West Indies in the first test, and arguably the the least interesting and least competitive test match on Australian soil in history in that second game at the Adelaide Oval. But coming head-to-head, these two, um, I'll fill the role of Tristan Merlihan from Top Sport. $1.50 Australia. South Africa, $4.50. This is for the first test at the Gabba. The draw is paying $5. And there's 132 additional markets that Top Sport have on this, uh, if you're at all interested. Maybe a fraction short Australia. Um, and maybe a bit of value lies with South Africa, Jared. Well, Jimmy, they are, aren't they? Um, but gee, Australia's record at the Gabba is outstanding, yep. um, especially in December, where most most often they do play. But, but also looking at the series result, Jimmy, Australia at dollar forty. Uh, that's uh, that's very very short. But uh, at home, and they certainly have been in form. Uh, you're right, there does look a bit of spice to this. Um, I don't know that South Africa are, are completely lay down here. I, I certainly think that they uh, have some expectation to play up to. I think they like playing Australia. And it's very rare that we see them here uh, this time of the year because they normally have um, their major home um, yep. series is played through their Christmas period as well. So it is great to see them here. They have been two great combats over um, many, many uh, tens of years. Uh, yeah, Australia, I think, are winning at the Gabba, but um, I think South Africa are far closer than a price might be across the series. The one thing around that, though, you know, the, the, the bowling attacks might cancel each other out. Two very, very impressive bowling attacks, but Australia much stronger in the batting. Well, you look yes. at Seen Elgar and go, right, well, if he doesn't score runs, they're in, they're in a whole heap of trouble. So yes, there'll be a lot, of, a lot of pressure on the South African skipper around that one as well. Jimmy, just on cricket, what about the, the, the makeover of what's happened with the English team under Brendan McCullum and uh, what's now being called Bazzaball and he's... Uh, he's all out a, a approach to attack 
and the fact that he's wanting to play for results, even if it puts England in a position of a potential loss, um, it's just fantastic for Test cricket. Uh, and you know, we've got an Ashes series next year. Uh, dear, oh dear, that really heats up. Um, you know, two teams that are going to want to play attack, uh, but in particular the way that McCullum has led. Uh, what's their record now? I think is it six uh, six Test wins from their last eight or something along those lines? Oh, yeah, I thought it was seven from eight. I might have been seven from uh, eight, yes. or, or eight eight from nine. I did have it written down there yesterday when I was. Uh, yeah, eight from nine. I think they've won under the McCullum and Ben Stokes uh, leadership regime. Every Ashes series is much anticipated. This one maybe a little more anticipated than the other. And I love the fact that it throws down the challenge to Andrew McDonald, right, and Pat Cummins and says, right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to play aggressive. And people say, well, they need a plan B. They haven't needed a plan B yet. But if they if they hyper-aggressive and had a great belief in what they're doing, which is, which is basically the way Ben Stokes has played his cricket, no matter the format, no matter where, he's, he's just had this incredible belief to, to do some things in a World Cup final and in the previous Ashes series that wouldn't be thought possible. So um, he's taken that as a captain and it's given everyone else some, some confidence around him. Um, throw into the mix McCullum, and yeah, you've got a dangerous opponent over there in England. That's going to be a beauty. Whether Steve Smith's allowed to play in county cricket or not, <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to wait and see on that one. So Australia $1.50, South Africa four fifty, and the draw $5. That is for the first test match that's getting underway at the Gabba on Saturday. Righto, mate, you better go through and have a look at this NFL on the back of the games from week 14. About to get into week 15, the AFC and the NFC standings. The AFC to kick starters. Bill's on top, but maybe the Chiefs are the better performed team. Uh, yes, I think uh, I think that's true. And a big question mark about uh, Allen and whether he is carrying an injury uh, for the Bills. And they'll probably sneak through given uh, a look ahead at the draw and the fact that they have that uh, one win result over the Chiefs from earlier in the season. That'll probably get them through to the number one spot. Uh, gee, there's a lot to like about the AFC, though. The, the Bills, the Chiefs, and uh, Timmy, the, the team sitting number five at the moment, uh, will yeah. burrow on fire with the Bengals. And uh, th- they are better than they were last year, and they had that run all the way to the Super Bowl. Um, whether they can actually get themselves up above the Ravens will be questionable. Um, but, you know, we've got another three weeks to play out there. NFC, we just touched on. I mean, the Eagles now, I think, over the coming weeks will probably start to rotate and rest players. They're comfortably seated at number one and have the week off. I think the 49ers are coming through. You know, the Cowboys got away with a win last week. I think they're the three in the NFC. Um, big question marks around the Cowboys, though, and I'm taking them on this week with one of my bets that I'm just not sure that... Uh, Dak uh, Prescott is actually playing all that well and has, has got a lot of options to be actually being playing to and with. Um, so let's go to that one. My uh, first best bet of the weekend is the Cowboys uh, going to Jacksonville to take on the Jags. Now, the Jags come off uh, an impressive win last week. I think week by week, uh, their new coach in Peterson, um, who has a very good background record previously um, uh, with uh, Philadelphia, um, I think he's getting his message through to this young quarterback. Um, I just thought the plus at home was too big. So the Jags plus four at $1.93 with top sport. 
uh, facing the Cowboys on the road. I thought that was the best play of the week. The other game where I did think that there was a lot of points was the Atlanta Falcons uh, go to New New Orleans to play the Saints. Now, both teams have really struggled in points, but the Falcons have come off a bye. They do have some key ends. Um, The Saints have come through a run of four or five games against some of the best defensive opposition in the competition. They now match up against uh, a team where I think both have some weaknesses um, in defence. I think we're going to see a lot of points. I think because of that defensive background and profile over recent weeks, we end up with a a total points position that's uh, much lower than expected. I think 43 is too low. So the Falcons Saints have a bit of a point shootout and over 43. So they, they were my two best for the week. Jimmy, which one were you going with? I'm going to go early doors. So I'm going to go on Thursday. We talked about it at the top. Uh, Seattle hosting the 49ers in a divisional game. $1.55, 245 head-to-head. The Seahawks are the outsiders on that one. The line is the three and a half. And we mentioned the fact that, okay, question mark over Brock Purdy and, and his fitness and, and Debo Samuel. But they have so many options. Uh, look, defensively, they're a wall, San Francisco. So they're not yeah. going to give up too many, especially um, they're going to put enormous pressure on a, a, a quarterback like Geno Smith, who the longer the season goes on, the more likely it is that uh, it's, it, he's probably reverting to what everyone thought he was prior to this season. You know, the first 10 weeks, everyone went, wow, look at this uh, emerging story. And, and it's just lost a bit of momentum on that one. The other thing about it is, you know what Pete Carroll's like with these young players, and he does a really good job but now you're getting into a time of the year where the young player and the inexperienced player, no matter what the sport it is, really struggles to cope with that week-to-week intensity of, of playing in the NFL. The bonus is there at home, but um, with someone like Christian McCaffrey, um, and we presume that Brock Purdy's there, he's just going to be get that run game becomes so important about not putting too much pressure on him about getting first down. And, and we've seen what had happened. It, you know, he's done it two games in a row um, and, and long may continue. The question mark is around the injury and if the injury's there, then it's a real concern. But um, they are flying. They're, be- they're brilliantly coached by Kyle Shanahan. Um, so I'm going to go to the, the San Francisco 49ers uh, minus three and a half. The other game that I, I thought that stood out for me and, um, you know, you end up backing. Um, what about Detroit? It's actually unfortunate that Tristan's not on because they are they are playing some great footy. Um, and, and you know, I, I think we spoke about it last week. There was a 9% chance to make it through to uh, the playoffs. Um, and that's widened on the back of that win. And uh, it's not only the wins they're having, it's the manner in which they're doing it, Jared, which is exciting for Detroit fans. Oh, well, I think the, I think the roar is back in the lines, Jimmy. And coming off a very good win last week and... Um, you know, I was keen about them at the minus one. The line went out to minus two and a half. Well, it didn't matter. They just covered that well. And uh, they're gaining confidence. Um, gee, Jimmy, this is a test, though, because uh, depending on the final Jets line up here, um, they're going to face a game where there's questionable weather in New York, uh, very cold, uh, uh, potentially some snow around. Uh, it's an outdoor game, which uh, Goff, on the road and outdoor has a very poor record at. So this is a very big test for the Lions this week because you're right, they've got a very achievable run home um, and could well bounce up and just be uh, late outsiders to jump into a finals playoff. Um, I would love to see them winning this week. I think the Lions somewhere around, what is it, two and a half at the moment? 
No, it's one. But one and a half. Okay. Well, I think I think yeah. if it's only one, it's certainly uh, very very playable. But the question mark about the Jets though is whether uh, White will play because he got busted again last weekend. They've named Zach White as the uh, sorry Zach uh, Wilson as the backup. Uh, I don't think anybody really wants to see Wilson playing. I mean, if Wilson was to play, you'd want to be all over the line. So I think late team announcements are a key here on whether White does play for the Jets. The Jets' defence is certainly their strength um, and a lot of pressure on Goff to aim up here. Uh, so that that's not my, my second one. Here. So I was just uh, making mention of Detroit because Tristan would have got upset with us if we didn't. Um, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow again. We talked about the, the hoodoo that he had over the Cleveland Browns, or they had over him last week. He was able to get away from that. Um, and, and, and as we say, we talked about a team that's in better form this year than last year when they made their run to the Super Bowl. They've won eight of their last night, uh, nine, Cincinnati. They head to Tampa Bay to take on what is really a side that's, I won't say falling apart, but it's not giving Tom Brady many options. Uh, he just looked old when he was in the pocket last week against that that swarming defence of the San Francisco 49ers. The line here is minus three and a half for, for the Bengals. So when you've got Jamar Chase and Nixon and um, these options from a attack point of view for Joe Burrow, I just think that's not going to be enough for a Tampa Bay side that are uh, limping their way towards the end of the season. So my second... NFL bet will be the Cincinnati Bengals minus three and a half against Tampa Bay. Jimmy, we've got a real problem here. There's something where the stars are aligning here because all of the bets that I've written down are the ones that I really like this week. Uh, equally, the ones that you like. Uh, I'm very much the same with you here. I, I think three and a half is way too short. I thought this should have been six to six and a half. Um, yeah, the Bengals and Burrow and the attack options that he has, uh, I think they just rip um, the Bucks apart. And I can't see that Brady, the Brady has uh, the offence to support him uh, with all the issues that we touched on a moment ago, uh, either missing players, drop ball, not finding the right men. I just don't see how three and a half is enough to bring this close. Now, Jimmy, the other big thing about the NFL in this final three weeks is that because we have the college... Um, bowl a final now sorted which will be i think new year's day um we now have three saturdays in a row in the u.s where we have uh, nfl so we've got thursday night um saturday sunday and monday night football out of the u.s and this week we've got the browns ravens we've got the bears eagles and we've got um sorry the colton uh, and the vikings the ravens and the browns and yep Miami travel up to snow-covered Buffalo. So those three games will be Sunday our time. So if you're an Aussie NFL follower, we can sit back and get Friday football, then coverage all day Sunday into Sunday evening, and then we get the full slate on Monday and then Tuesday. Gee, what a what a way to start the weekend. Jimmy, I thought a really good way to start the week was San, Fras San Francisco to be straight-up winners. Uh, you could take them at the line. And I do think the Colts at the plus four and a half looked a nice bet over the Vikings. And then we aim up those other ones that we've got. Um, my best, your best. Gee, there's a, a plethora of a betting options. So for mine, Jags plus four and a half was my best. And the Falcons and the Saints over 43 and a half. Your two? San Francisco minus three and a half. Bengals minus three and a half. Uh, 
so I, I, yeah, I wasn't aware of that. But I know what the general manager of football in our household, Austin, will be doing all day Sunday. So he'll be absolutely loving that. And he doesn't have to go to school on Monday. So ah. um, he'll, be, he'll be very happy about that. When I get up early and I leave, he always says on Sunday night, Dad, can you wake me up at five o'clock? I said, yes, I can. I can wake you up. So um, he's absolutely loving his NFL. Right, mate, we better get ourselves a, a racing tip for the weekend. Lots of good racing coming up. Flemington and Randwick, where are you taking it, Gerald? Jimmy, I thought down at Flemington, race seven, number six, Rose Quartz. Comes through some very good form around uh, some smart sprinters. It gets 1,000 metres at Flemington on a wide open track, small field, um, already has some fitness. I thought it looked to stand out. I think it's somewhere around $2.60 at the moment. I thought it looked the best of the weekend. So Flemington race seven, number six, Rose Quartz was my bet. And um, very easy staking plan for me, Jimmy. Just 100 on the nose. That'll be 100 on the nose, will it, Jared? <laughs> that it will be, Jimmy. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm going to go to Randwick, race seven, number four, Deficit. Um, we'll do a bit of an each-way bet here. I think $8 and $2.80. Um, both runs have been good this prep. Now third up to the mile, which is about the right distance and about to show its best. Drawn to get the run of the race and it will be right in it at the finish is my thought at it. So the all-important staking plan, Jared, which I know you're you're very keen on, that is uh, deficit, $8 and $2.80. We'll go the 50-50 on that one. All right, $50 to $50 the place. So on, the chocolate... The chocolate wheel this week ended up on 50-50, Jimmy, not 40-60. It's amazing how well-oiled that chocolate wheel is. It's absolutely fantastic. So, it, yes, that's G where we're headed. 50 Jimmy, 50. I thought it was very noticeable that uh, James McDonald had been away for, uh, I think, 10 days um, riding in Hong Kong, and then he comes back. He steps out at the Magic Millions uh, uh, races at Wyong yesterday. He rides the winner of the three-year-old, four-year-old race, and then the winner of the two-year-old and James McDonald riding a $6.50 winner. Uh, he's got close to a full book. I think he's got seven or eight rides in the Randwick this week and a couple at nice prices. And gee, he's just head and shoulders above them um, when he's riding in the form that he is at the moment. Really interesting to see good judges um, like Malcolm Johnston saying, no, he, he could be the best ever. You know, and, and this is a guy who you could probably argue, Jared, isn't halfway through his career. You know, based on the longevity that we've seen from some of the jockeys in recent years, he is not halfway through his career. No, no. And and Jimmy, I I I need to go back and uh, and find the race and the name of the horse. But he rode one there about ten days ago in Sydney, where, you know, he just sat uh, behind the pace on the rails, came through beautifully timed run, and then ended up going away and winning, you know, by half a length to a length. And he's just beautiful to watch and. You know, for any any form student looking at the, the race on a Saturday, start with the jockeys in particular, McDonald, and you can find he'll he'll bob up on four and five dollar and potentially six dollar fifty winners like yesterday at great value because you you might be paying a little bit of a, a tax at the fact that he is the rider, but his strike rate is just outstanding. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, um, no Tristan. So the cat was away. The mice didn't really play, but we enjoyed ourselves. Um, good on you, Jared. All the best for the weekend. Enjoy your NFL. Enjoy your cricket. Enjoy your World Cup football. And, of course, enjoy your racing as well. And we'll do it all again next week. 
Timmy, I think by Wednesday you'll need to put Austin in bed for a couple of days just to try and catch up. He's got the World Cup. He's got NFL. I tell you what. I tell you what he can do: lie on the couch with a second device and just watch everything. So he's he got that down pat as a twelve-year-old. So anyway, I'm sure I was out working on the farm at that time, but it's a different world that we live in, Terry. It's a different world. Go, go the Forty Niners, Timmy. Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858.